Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and on today's episode, we're doing a story with the man behind the Kanye Bars Twitter accounts. Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> it's going well. well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Kanye Bars? Uh, so kind of the reason I started the account is actually I, uh, along with my brother, started this uh little clothing company and it was kind of Kanye based. So the idea was I was just gonna kind of post some Kanye lyrics and maybe some videos and jokes and stuff like that and then I would plug my brand here and there. Um, That kind of fell by the wayside. Um, I had this one video go viral on the account and I got like two or 3,000 followers off of it. So I kind of dropped the clothing line thing and I was like, you know what, I really just want to do this Twitter account instead. <laughs> so it kind of just turned into, I just started by posting lyrics mostly, but now it's like videos, jokes, pictures, um, polls, whatever, um, just kind of putting out as much content as I can. Nice. And what, uh, what was the video that went viral and kind of got things really rolling? Yeah, so... I was kind of struggling at the start to get followers. I think I was at like 500 after a month or two. Um, and I posted this video of uh, Kanye during the Yeezus tour um, playing Runaway. And anyone who's seen the video, it's like pretty iconic. Like he like goes up to the, the beat machine and uh, he plays the first key to Runaway. And then he kind of moves back from the stage and just takes it in with the crowd. <laughs> um, and then he goes back, hits another key and then and takes it in again and then he plays the song um i mean it's just hype as fuck video pretty much <laughs> ended up getting like eighty thousand retweets or something like that now jesus so. christ yeah like that's by far and away like the most i've ever had so uh what what year was this that video or that uh when you put the tweet out oh this was probably like two months ago like i just started this account probably three or four months ago yeah that's that's pretty insane just because the account feels like it's uh an old hat at this point it just it kind of feels like part of the kanye twitter environment yeah Yeah. and i actually i used to have an account like this many years ago probably like five or six years ago i had a really similar account where i used to post lyrics and um pictures and stuff like that of kanye so it's kind of where i got the idea from um i was doing that probably for a year or two and i kind of stalled out after a while um I wasn't getting many new followers, so I kind of stopped doing that. Um, but I think it picked up a lot quicker this time because I had had that experience from before. You kind of got to see what worked, what didn't work the first time. So when you're coming back to it, you're like, well, I'm, I'm not doing that shit, but I'll, I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. Well, do you feel like there's a, a difference in how you're seeing people respond to Kanye from that first go around to now, or are you seeing a lot of the same conversations? It is way, way different now because for one, Kanye wasn't doing fashion at that point. Um, as far as I remember, um, maybe he had just started doing the shoes. 
um, but definitely not like what he is now. Um, so that creeps up a lot into it too. Like before it was just all about the music and like he hadn't even released some of his albums at that point. I think Watch the Throne had just come out um, kind of when I was starting. Um, I don't know if, if I hit any other albums during that time before I quit. Um, so it was just the first a couple of albums that he had released. Um, no really talk about any of his fashion stuff. Um, obviously he had a bunch of concert tours after that too. Um, and just in general, like there's so much more access to everything that happens around Kanye now with a lot more stuff on social media being bigger and YouTube being bigger. Um, and just so many, um, uh, different communities like Reddit is a pretty big community too, um, mm. that I'm starting to uh, look into a little more. So there's just a lot more stuff, a lot more information available. And Kanye has just done a way more stuff since then too. So there's just more to talk about in general. It's, it's kind of amazing to me just where the conversation around Kanye is at at this point. Cause I remember 2007, it was just like Kanye puts out dope albums, but can be a jackass. And then yeah. after the Taylor Swift stuff, it was just so much. If you mentioned Kanye, it was a lot of like, fuck that dude or very mm-hmm. dismissive by the public mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. And I feel like up until maybe a year ago, there was still a lot of that negativity towards him, but that things have really kind of, or maybe two years ago, and that now, I forget that we're already in fucking 2018, that uh, <laughs> things have kind of shifted back to Kanye being more popular than ever before, and that it's kind of like a, a golden age of Kanye fandom. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I agree. Um, it's interesting to see that shift back. Um and I noticed that too, where like somebody will say like, uh, Kanye sucks or something like that. And people will just like destroy them. Like so many, <laughs> like, there are not people agreeing with them anymore. Like everyone is just out to say like, oh, how can you say he's not a good artist? Have you heard of this and this album? You need to go do listen to this and this right now. Um, that'll change your mind. Um, and just stuff like that where before just like, uh, Kanye is a gay fish or something like that. Um, like from the South Park episode, yeah. uh, or, um, just hating on him in general, calling him arrogant or anything like that. Um, but I definitely see that shift, and I don't know why exactly that happened. Because um, publicly speaking, I feel like he has relatively the same persona. Like he still goes on his rants, he still has his feuds, um, he still says some kind of outlandish stuff. So I'm not exactly sure how it switched per se, but I can definitely see that it did too. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question to bring up because at this point like does that say less about Kanye and more about our generation (laughs) and just where public discourse is at this time or uh, what happened between then and now for the conversation to switch on him is it just he needed time from the Taylor Swift to go away or just the negative backlash surrounding Taylor Swift recently resulted in positive like goodwill to Kanye I mean, that definitely had to have played a part in it. Um, as far as like Taylor Swift kind of getting exposed, like on multiple fronts, because like obviously the big one is like Kim Kardashian exposing her. Like I know like she had some beef with Katy Perry and she kind of chimed in and there's like Calvin Harris. And like obviously she's had like um, been in a lot of relationships and like a lot of those didn't end up very well um, from the other person's perspective. And I know like some of them have talked about that. So I think maybe her persona kind of 
dwindling a little bit as far as like the wholesomeness of it um maybe has shifted back into kanye's favor especially since they had that second controversy with famous yeah uh, i think if they didn't have that it wouldn't have mattered as much if like her like wholesomeness was kind of put into the light of not being like portrayed as she is um i don't think people would have made that connection to how she was in 2009 or whatever um when that whole incident happened but i think that definitely goes apart yeah yeah that's really true if he had released famous as a song on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy for instance like oh yeah that that could have been the end of his career maybe at that time yeah like he would have gotten a shit ton of backlash for that for sure yeah but at that point you're right there's a lot that had turned uh with how we viewed taylor swift to where when that line came out it was probably something where a lot of people were like ha ha (laughs) instead of like just pure hatred yeah and like when he came out and said she gave me permission to use that but she ended up saying that she didn't give him permission like there's a surprising amount of people who are kind of like you know what i kind of believe kanye though (laughs) (laughs) right like you know kanye's done all this wrong but i'm kind of i'm kind of believing him yeah because you mentioned it with all the Katy perry stuff the feud she had the perception of her (laughs) and relationships that really started to be the beginnings of the the snake i put that in quotes persona yeah hmm but she's like kind of bringing it back around on her own now and she's like using the snake to her advantage so it's kind of annoying yeah it just makes it no fun right (laughs) exactly and like i mean i guess i'd have to call her smart like marketing wise for doing that because it like takes the fun out of the joke yeah yeah you got to be real dedicated to keep with it now like no i'm not going to let her take this back where i feel like a lot of people are just like well whatever let her let her um well so what for you has been your favorite part about having the account hmm my favorite part damn there's a lot (laughs) um interacting with people definitely like i don't know about how it is like where you are but like near me like there's kanye fans there's not like people who like think about Kanye as or not maybe not as much but like as deep as I do like there's things I'll see or notice that like there's nobody to talk to about those things so it's like nice to kind of have that own community and like um over the months like you kind of have like more dedicated followers that you notice that you interact with more um so it's cool to kind of get to know people in that way too it that is a really exciting part because you no longer feel so kind of isolated in in the fandom um, it's you have other people to get excited about these things with and talk to about it and kind of build that online dynamic with that feels yeah. it fills a void in the day-to-day life that otherwise would never get filled mm-hmm. yeah and it's like the shit that like i would get excited about like the normal kanye shit like the people around me like do not care about that kind of stuff <laughs> so it's like fun like or, or nice like when i go on twitter and there's like so many other people on there that are like talking with the account that care about that stuff too so uh can you can you hear that phone ringing <laughs> yeah which okay hold on i'll turn it off uh, that's okay <laughs> uh. 
You can like edit that stuff out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. All right. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. I just sent it to Travis, and I'm like, Travis, please. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. And so, with a you had mentioned the fashion earlier, and Kanye not being into fashion is. Is the fashion element of Kanye something that you yourself uh, gravitate to, or is it just uh, something that, being a account that deals with Kanye, you've incorporated? Um, a little bit of both. I don't know if I'm as much into the clothes. Um, definitely, I'm into the shoes. Like, I really like the shoes. Um, we haven't like talked about the fashion as much specifically, but it just comes up because I like post a picture of Kanye. Not mention the clothes, but people just be in there talking about, wow, it's a fresh fit, or wow, that's ugly <laughs> as hell, or he looks homeless, or he looks dope. And then I end up talking about it too. So, not necessarily directly, maybe in the future I'll start doing that. Um, I think the thing is, I'm not as interested in his clothes as I am like with the music. Yeah. So, for you, the music was what got you in, and then you're like, and the shoe, like those, those shoes, mm-hmm. like these shoes are $300. Like, let's get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the shoes are dope. They're just really hard to get. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, uh, I never pay attention enough to actually try to get a pair. That I'm always like, man, one day I'll try, and then, yeah. uh, then another release passes me by. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so when, uh, when did Kanye fandom start for you? When, uh, when was the first time you heard a Kanye song? Actually, like I heard. Kanye songs before I knew that it was Kanye singing or rapping those songs so obviously I heard like Gold Digger and Touch the Sky and songs like that so this is more probably around like 2007, 2008 um, Graduation came out in 2008 right? Uh, 2007 2007 okay yeah so it's around then so I had just started high school um, and I had heard Kanye West songs but I didn't know they were by Kanye West um so I remember I had this friend. He's one of my really good friends. Like one of the few people I stayed in touch with after I graduated high school. Um, he loved Kanye. Like he'd always be defending him to everybody. We were like, oh no, he's a douchebag, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and honestly, like looking back on it, I didn't even know why I thought Kanye West was a douchebag and like arrogant and stuff. Like I didn't even barely knew him. And like I remember telling the kid like, oh, I hate Kanye. He has shitty music. Um, and I hadn't even realized that I listened to some of the songs he didn't put out. Um, <laughs> but I was like this huge 50 Cent fan, like at the time. Um, so when the graduation I, stuff was exactly, going on. <laughs> exactly. And I had always tell the kid that 50 Cent's better than uh, than uh, Kanye West by far, no no competition. And then they started doing the the uh, graduation. I can't remember what album 50 Cent was dropping at the time, but him and, and 50 Cent were competing. And 50 Cent told Kanye that if Kanye outsold him, then he'd retire from rap. <laughs> and he didn't end up doing that but um like as that was going on i remember the kid telling me um that kanye was was uh was a rapper on gold i was oh no way i actually like that song kanye is a rapper on touch the sky oh i actually like that song um graduation drops i listened to it i'm like holy shit this guy's actually really good uh, <laughs> that's when it started i was like in ninth grade i started listening to kanye west um I listened to graduation a lot. I actually didn't go back and listen to late registration and college dropout until like a year or two later um, after that. Um, like I had just listened to kind of the singles and like running through a couple of the tracks that I had liked. Um, but I hadn't listened to the whole albums until a few years after that. 
Um, so I used to hate Kanye pretty much for no reason. And honestly, like now I see people who hate Kanye and I'm like, they hate him for the, like the same reason or ways that I used to hate him. Like there really is not that many reasons to hate him. Or at least for the reasons people do hate him, it's like not the right reason. Yeah, there tends to be like a lot of, like you hear more people seem to be like uh, spitting vitriol at Kanye more so than like Chris Brown. Like you bring up both of them and somebody's like, Kanye, what, how, uh, what a awful people. And then they'll be like, oh, Chris Brown, yeah, but he can dance. And you're like, what? He can dance. What? <laughs> <laughs> like no that is not yeah, yeah. uh i i uh i do think there are a lot of people that really do just get that i had a similar perception as you when i was first hearing kanye because I, I didn't really become a fan until 808s mm-hmm. and it was that kind of thing of like yeah i kind of like some of his music but i don't like the guy like he he mm-hmm. sucks he's like too egotistical blah 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 but i really had no if you were to ask me like why really like, i i i don't know i actually really love the hurricane katrina like george bush moments yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> not sure where that's coming from and it seems to be really prevalent a lot of uh twitter conversations i've had with people that say that they hate them i'm like have you listened to the music and they're like no i don't have to <laughs> yeah exactly or like they'll say that he doesn't make good music but they haven't even listened to it yeah and i'm like how how are you saying this yeah exactly how are you saying this yeah. Um, so, you're a fan of graduation. What songs uh, jumped out to you when you were hearing that kind of like made your eyes go wide? Uh, so when I first listened to it, my favorite song was Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like I was in this class in tenth grade, and uh, they were a bunch of the kids were hated. So it was like this weird class called multicultural, and like. I don't even know what the class was teaching us. It's just a bunch of <laughs> random shit. But like pretty much we'd go in there every day and the teacher would like let us talk about whatever we wanted and sometimes she'd like do lectures. So we'd always bring up like the most like random shit just to like not have to learn in class. So I remember kids were like talking shit about rap music one day. So I asked the teacher if I could bring in some songs to show them that like rap music wasn't just like um, bop pimps and hoes and stuff like that. Which I mean there's nothing wrong with that either per se but um I was just trying to show them there was other aspects to it too so I remember I showed them Homecoming that day and everyone really liked the song um and I liked the metaphor for Chicago in it mm-hmm. uh one of the songs that I really like off graduation at first um I really liked I Wonder yeah and I remember the first time I heard it um I guess it starts off with a sample and I was like this sounds so weird like this is not something <laughs> I'm gonna so I just immediately skipped it, like the first few times. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna like this song. This is too weird. And then uh, I think I was driving. I wasn't able to skip the song for some reason, and it just kept playing one time. And actually, listening to the whole song, I was like, "Damn, this shit is good." And that's like what taught me to never, never skip songs on a Kanye album. Ah, uh, that's one of those perfect moments where it's just like you you try to put into context ways in which like you've developed as a human being. Yeah, and I think that's that's like a perfect example of like the difference between like a high school version of yourself to like the more adult version of like skipping I wonder over and over again yeah. just because yeah, the yeah, sample exactly, is weird. Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, the whole album, even like the songs that people don't like, like Barry Bonds and Drunken Hot Girls, like I like those songs too. 
Like I literally legit like the whole album. Yeah. Uh, same. Even when we started this podcast in 2015, I think some of the early episodes I was joking about how I hated graduation mm-hmm. and honestly I hadn't listened to graduation since it came out when I was in college and was just a fucking idiot mm-hmm. and uh, I finally went back and listened and was just like why am I so dumb like why did I why did I not think Drunken Hot Girls had like great components to it or Barry Bonds had great components to it like yeah like I think people just take it too seriously like Drunken Hot Girls is just supposed to be like a funny song and I just think it's funny yeah it has like a an element of humor and grossness to it at the same time that's just like and it fits it fits on the album mm-hmm. in a way I just, think, just, and I just think it's catchy to be honest mm-hmm. it is indeed well so when you went back and listened to late registration and college dropout did uh were they up on the same level as graduation for you immediately or was there uh a difference right away uh yes they're up there immediately and and when i listened to them was um i was driving up uh to do this college visit and i was going by myself it was like a six hour drive and i was like you know what i'm gonna download the whole kanye west discography and i'm gonna listen to every song on this drive (laughs) Um, and that was like the first time i'd listened to everything that had been out at that point um 808s had been out by then I, I had already heard most of that too. I mean, I had already heard all of 808s at that point. I think my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy may have been out, or I can't remember if it was or that. Did that come out in 2010? Uh, that would have been November of 2010. I can't remember if 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 that had come out yet or not. Um, regardless, um, that was the first time I listened all the way through College Dropout and Late Registration. Um, this may have been around 2009 or so, uh, 2010, something like that. And um, this was the first time I heard Last Call. <laughs> and and listened to the whole outro to that, too. And to, to this day, that is my, my favorite Kanye song. And that is my favorite Kanye moment is listening to that outro because that changed my whole perspective on him. Because even though like I had liked Kanye like before that too and like I liked his music I still thought he was like an arrogant asshole right um, I didn't really fit the pieces together until I had listened to that song cause I mean obviously like in the whole song there's lines like I could let these dream killers kill my self esteem or use my arrogance as esteem to power my dreams um, and you know he talks about that kind of stuff on other songs too I can't remember like lyrics I think on everything I am he has a couple of lyrics like that too yeah and uh, spaceship he's talking about like working at the gap and yeah grinding away yeah and then I'm so self-conscious um I always gotta have at least one of these watches so he always talks about how he's self-conscious um he doesn't feel confident in himself um the only person who ever gassed him up is his mom but the reason he is arrogant or he behaves or like outwardly tries to act arrogant it's because that is that self-belief that he needed to get through it. And then on that outro of Last Call, that's like what he talks about the whole time. He, he talks about how he like went to all these record labels, showed him these songs that like now we regard as like amazing songs like Jesus Walks and, and other songs off his first album. Um, and they pretty much told him like, nah, these are garbage songs. You're never going to make <laughs> it. And no one ever like gave him a chance. So he was like, you know what? If I had just like succumbed to my self-doubt, and you know he talks about his self-doubt on so many songs and like i didn't believe in myself outwardly like you know how he kind of poses himself as like 
Kyola says, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, um, things like that, he might not have made it. Mm-hmm. So that is what, when it finally clicked for me, I'm like, holy shit, this whole like persona that he has is because of like his self-doubt. And, and like, if you listen to any Kanye interviews, like the Zane Lowe is another good interview where he talks about um, self-doubt and like how like we, we, we miss out on achieving so many things because we don't believe in ourselves and how he kind of struggled with that like his whole life. Um, and like he talks about how he had to deal with that when he was doing fashion too, how like he would go to fashion houses and show them like these things and they'd be like, um, sorry, we're not gonna re-sign you. Like he was talking about like with Nike, how he, like he did the Yeezy and like they sold out and he killed it and then Nike didn't want to do another shoe with him. So it kind of like, it's like the same way it worked with his music career, right? So if you haven't heard the last call outro, go and listen to that. It'll change your perspective on Kanye West. Um, the person, kind of the struggle he had to deal with to, to make it as a musician and you kind of understand why he is the way that he is. That was a that was a great summary of all of that because it's really true. It's it's not just that he's this hyper confident guy that has just achieved everything because he's so confident. Like mm-hmm. he's he's very like insecure in the way that we all are. But he mm-hmm. talks the game to get himself to that level because that's what you sometimes have to do to carry yourself on when no everybody else is trying to pull you back. Exactly, and he talks about that so much. So when people are just, and I used to think that too, I'm like, oh, Kanye's just an arrogant asshole, he's just a dick. Um, things like people are like not looking into the person as he is. And like, and I've like thought about tweet storming this whole thing so many <laughs> times, but I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to put in the nuance of it that needs to be done. Like this it's not something that can be done on Twitter. Uh, it's it's something that takes takes a lifetime. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, yeah, like people need to go back listen to this all the songs and there's a bunch of songs where he talks about this kind of stuff um and then listen to the last call outro for sure listen to his interviews um he's an inspirational dude but see that's why he like transcends just normal fandom for me like obviously there's other artists that i like their music a lot too and i think they're good people but kind of this whole story of kanye like um he all talks about how he feels like he's like a like the most normal person out of all the celebrities and like he feels like he's like that person on the other side of the screen that's the most like like the rest of us and like it's true because like he talks so much about his insecurity um you know like depression that he's had like anxiety that he has um and kind of how he what he had to do to overcome all of that to get to where he is kind of as like in my opinion like one of the most influential people ever at least musically speaking um and now like maybe in fashion too like i mean look what he's done with adidas um and that's like really inspiring that's like somebody like that i look up to a lot more than i might like other normal celebrities that whose music i like yeah it's it's one thing entirely that i really like disturbed right but there's nothing necessarily in disturbs music that makes me like feel that they connect to me or that they can be inspirational to me it's just like i really enjoy this music it's it has some cool lines it has like cool build-up exactly uh, completely different level than as you're saying kanye just having that connection like well if he can do it like there are things that i can push myself to do that i can inspire myself to do because mm-hmm. of what he's talked about and what mm-hmm. he's revealed 
Mm-hmm. And also on, on my on my Twitter account, there's a, the pinned video that I have on there. Um, it's just like a it's like a super cut of like all of these um, kind of inspirational slash Kanye life story things that he talks about in his interviews. Um, and he kind of talks about a lot of this kind of stuff that I mentioned. So if anyone wants more stuff, watch that too. It's a good video. That's awesome. Um, well, so hearing 808s must have been kind of intense for you, uh, given where you were at with how you viewed Kanye and the revelation from Last Call. That probably put everything that's going on in 808s probably in like a perspective that was like, oh, holy shit. Okay, so it should have done that. But I wasn't <laughs> ready for 808s when it came out, man. I just wasn't ready. I had never gone through any kind of heartbreak or major relationship. I couldn't relate to it at all. It was just so different from anything I had heard from Kanye or just music in general, man. Like, I had never heard anything like that. Like, you know, I had my expectations of uh, of what a Kanye album was. Because, like, yeah, there are changes um, between each of the first three albums, but they're, like, similar, you know? Like, they're not, like, huge changes like we get now, like, between, like, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy to Yeezus to, to life of Pablo like those are like such different albums um, so at that point like, I had this expectation of what I thought a Kanye album was gonna be and then I got 808s and Heartbreaks I, I was still in high school I hadn't been in a major relationship or breakup and then like I said I had these expectations of a Kanye album and I did not like the album at the time I liked some songs off of it but, like the album as a whole I was like this is like a 5 out of 10 album <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. Like down the line, like maybe there's a few songs I remember, but not really. Yeah, like throw Kanye's away. Jobs, like I love that album. Um, like it's like I said, it's so different from everything that I had seen at the time. And like I really do believe like that album paved the way for like people like Drake and J Cole, um, and like so many of the rappers and like hip hop musicians we have today to like be successful in the industry because. Before that, like a lot of the rap that we had is kind of like more like gangster hard rap, um, but then that kind of like softened it up a lot. Like that, I felt like shifted kind of like um, the paradigm of of what was acceptable in mainstream rap music. And like it wasn't like, I mean, I think critically it was pretty well accepted, but I mean it was really divisive among the fan base, if I remember correctly, at the time. Yeah, yeah, insanely so where people were talking about like is Kanye's career over like is he done was this like will he ever recover and release another good album which yeah I remember that funny enough they still say to this day every time he releases a new album yeah for sure every time he releases a new album exactly yeah um it's uh it's crazy as you're saying like it was more gangster rap and what influence early Kanye did have with kind of the soul samples and the chipmunk sound was still even being used in a lot of not traditional like gangster rap beats but like you still have jay-z rapping over it with jay-z style lyrics Mm -hmm. um it's not until after 808s that you really do have that whole new wave of sound that's coming through Mm -hmm. and like i don't know if kanye was the originator of that but he's the one who kind of made it acceptable in the mainstream, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He took that risk, mm-hmm. which yeah, maybe we would have gotten there eventually, but because Drake and J Cole were still already like coming up, they had songs coming out. Like 
I don't think they necessarily changed their style a whole bunch, but mm. like in the wake of 808s, they got attention that they may not have been getting otherwise. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. Well, so uh, what about the the next era of Kanye, from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy into Yeezus into Life of Pablo? Where uh, where were you on all those albums? Um, so that's when I started getting older and like really appreciating music more. Like I started having a deeper understanding of music. Before I was just like, okay, are the punchlines dope? Do I understand <laughs> the punchlines? Like, are they clever? If they are, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that I like this music, and like Kanye had dope punchlines in like his first like a uh, few albums, um, but then like as he kind of went on, like he he moved away from that a little bit, and like it was a lot more of like the flow, the production. Um, obviously, Kanye's always been a good producer, but like he's just like miles ahead on some of his um, newer albums. I thought, um, so like I was able to appreciate the newer albums a lot more. Like if I heard Jesus. When I was in high school, I would have fucking hated it. I would have thought it Because, <laughs> like, Jesus, like, yeah, it has, like, good lyrics, like, to an extent. Like, I mean, it's okay. I mean, like, it's it's not, like, near the top for Kanye albums, in my opinion. But, like, the production is, like, amazing, in my opinion. It's so good. It has, like, some of the best production on any of his albums. Um, so, I mean, I liked it. I liked it. Like, I was in college when that came out, so I really liked it then. Um, I loved the singles when they came out. I remember, like, how he released New Slaves. And like he had like a video playing like on different buildings like across the world. I thought that was so cool. And then Blood on the Leaves came out and Black Skinhead came out. Um, and I was at college and they'd be bumping at parties and stuff. So uh, I love that album. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, my favorite album of all time. I think one of the best, the best album of the 2010s in my opinion. Nice. Uh, easily. I mean, maybe not easily fine. I won't say that. There are some good ass albums, but it's my favorite. I think it's the best. Um, my favorite, my second favorite kind. So, the last call is my favorite Kanye song. I don't know if I think it's the best one, but it's my favorite. Um, my second favorite, maybe what I think is is the best Kanye song is "Gorgeous" on "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy." Um, Devil in, in a in a red dress. The production on that is amazing. So when My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out, was that just like a kind of like a an eargasm at that point of just like, oh my goodness, this is this is music that I've been waiting my whole life for. Yes, uh, like without a doubt. Like I remember, like the first song that comes on is like that Nicki Minaj thing, and I was like, wow, this is already good as shit. And then like Kanye starts on the first verse um, on Dark Fantasy, and it's just so fucking good. It's like so catchy. The lyrics are good. The production is good. Um, like every part of the album feels so necessary. There's not like any fill and stuff. Like, I know a lot of people kind of hate like on that Chris Rock little skit at the end, but I think that's like hilarious. I love it. I think it's so funny. Um, all of the features across the board are good. I, I mean, is there any? I mean, I know Jay Z gets a lot of shit on Monster, but I don't think it's that bad. Um, but he makes up for it on So Appalled. Yes, um, he does. <laughs> I think that's one of the best features too on the album Nicki Minaj obviously on Monster um, Rick Ross on Devil in a New Dress um, John Legend in Blame Game I mean there's not a single thing the album doesn't have it's just so good yeah, top to bottom it's an amazing like, production experience an amazing lyrical experience as you said gorgeous 
I think is often one of the songs that Kanye fans point to as like Kanye like flexing the hardest lyrically that he's ever ever done. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like it's just the imagery of it, the punchlines of it, the flow of it, everything is just so good. Um and like that was an album where like when I first started listening to it, I didn't go all the way through. I was like listen to Dark Fantasy, like the first song on there. And I was like, God, this is so fucking good. I need to hear it again. So <laughs> I just keep hearing it over and over and over until like, I'd be like, okay, it's time for the next song. And then I listen to it. It's like, holy fuck, this is just as good. And I just keep repeating it over and over and over. And like, that's how I listened to that album the first time. Like, I just couldn't stop re-listening to all the songs. And it took me so long to finally get to the end of it. Because it's just so damn good. I was like, these songs deserve to be listened to like multiple times before I move on. <laughs> I just like the idea of releasing like a, a 20th anniversary edition of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy that's each track five times in a row. <laughs> that would be so funny. And then I would buy it. <laughs> I'm also imagining like if it had come out like high school you, if it had come out when graduation came out and you're just like starting Dark Fantasy and you just skip it every time because you're, you don't want to hear it. You know what? The way it starts, I would have skipped it. Yeah. I know for sure I would have skipped that song like the way it starts. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I think I remember like on the first albums, I used to skip all the skits that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I finally listened to it, I was like, why did I skip these? They're so funny. <laughs> yeah. I got my degrees. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like a lot of those end, end, end up like surviving like the test of time. Like so many like Kanye fans like quote those all the time. Like I'm always seeing people saying broke fight broke. We ain't got it. Or... Um, <laughs> A bunch of the other lines from those like skits they're just so funny yeah well and there's also like such a college and the price of college and the value of college is still so questionable at times um mm-hmm. even when you know like this is worth it i i'm happy i'm getting my education there's still times where you're like oh my goodness oh my goodness so just to have those skits that just kind of uh harpoon the college experience and like the value yeah. of a degree can be really yeah, yeah. cathartic that's the one with his dad getting all the degrees yeah. um one of my favorites yeah uh um okay so yeezus comes out and production wise you love it lyrics not as much um when i like, mean lyrically it's okay I, I feel like it's a little weak but i mean as an album i like the album like see like i've gotten to the point now where like lyrics aren't so important to me like as it used to be right it's just like does it sound good over the beat mm. it's kind of where i'm at now yeah because that can make a that can make a huge difference you can have songs that have amazing lyrics but if the beat is just boring as shit you're just kind of like eh. mm-hmm. and like if i had if i cared about lyrics now as much as i used to like there's just so much music out there that i wouldn't appreciate like when someone is really good lyrically i'm just like damn this is good and like i appreciate that but now i don't hate something because it doesn't necessarily have like amazing lyrics or punchlines or whatever like, i can still appreciate it for what it is yeah i i feel like i've gone further in the opposite direction mm-hmm. where i become way more of like a a lyric hawk mm-hmm. and now if there's like pop songs that i hear not not a lot in hip-hop but a lot of rock these days just repeats like one word over and over like you're a renegade 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 and i just want to 
tear the radio out and throttle mm-hmm. it and, and <laughs> throw it out the window? Like the example I can think of for me of like something I would have hated when I cared more about lyrics, but like now I like it's like stuff I like Migos. Like I would have hated Migos like growing up. Like now like I like bump into it and listen to it and stuff. Yeah, you find like what a what's the word that describes the part like the vibe, right? Like there's just Exactly. Yeah. Um like like along with Kanye, my favorite rapper used to be Lupe Fiasco. Um because like obviously like Lupe is like one of the top tier lyricists. Like his punch lines and flow are like insane. Um but sometimes his music gets a little boring. Yeah, you're just like I, I'm I enjoyed like a minute and thirty of this beats, but now I'm I don't need another two minutes of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo hits, and uh, what was your response? Well, first of all, I was, like, annoyed as shit because, like, we kept, like, postponing. And, like, it was, like, around my birthday or on my birthday, something like that, where he said he was going to release it, and then he doesn't release it. And I remember tweeting, like, Kanye, please, it's my birthday. I'll do anything. I'll, I want to give you money for this album. Please release the album. <laughs> uh, and then he he did. I can't remember what song he performed. Maybe uh, it was Ultralight Beam. On where Saturday he was, like, Night on Live. Stage. Yeah, I, it might have been on Saturday Night Live. But he was like on the stage and like he finishes the performance and he's like, uh, "The Life of Pablo is out now. Go and get it. Go and get it." And, like and I went on title and it still wasn't on there. So I was like, "What the fuck, man." Uh, <laughs> So then it finally comes out. I can't remember my initial thought of that. For some reason, I remember thinking it was very sloppy, the release of it. Mm. Like, did he not release all the songs at the same time? Oh, yeah, it wasn't it only supposed to be like 10 songs, and then it ended up being 18 songs on there? Yeah, the the songs that are on there, not a lot of the order changed. Like, Father Stretch My Hands was always near the beginning. Famous mm-hmm. was always at the beginning. Like real friend or FML, real friends and wolves were always at the end, but there was some stuff like switching around in the middle, like where feedback was. Mm-hmm. Um, where- and like like thirty hours was not supposed to be on the album originally, right? Like he just added it on like at the release. For yeah. some of them, like when it was being released, like it was, it was like the track list was like eleven songs or something, and then it ended up being like seventeen. Yeah, yeah. I think it went from like nine or ten all the way up to seventeen because he had released No More Parties in L.A., Thirty Hours, Real right, Friends, right. and like the second wave of Good Fridays that never, mm-hmm. never really went anywhere. Yeah, and then like Saint Pablo is Saint Pablo officially on the album too? Yeah, eventually uh, it got put on. Okay. Yeah. So like I remember thinking it was a little sloppy on the release. Um, to me, the album, the only criticism I have of it is it feels a little disjointed. Like, um, that's what I thought initially. I mean, I listen to the album a lot, but that's not one I listen all the way through all the time. That's one where I kind of pick and choose. Like, the beginning of the album, first five songs, I, I love. I love those songs. I think they flow together really well. Um, I know, like, kind of in the fandom, like, the uh, Silver Surfer intermission is, like, a joke. Uh, <laughs> and, like, everyone really hypes it up. I mean, I, I, like, get why he put it on there, but, like... I feel like that doesn't hit like how like all the skits hit right like i felt like the skits on the albums like from the older albums like it was good that they were on there but i felt like adding this was just like unnecessary i mean i get it like as far as like the memes go um <laughs> and then like low lights also like i mean it fits but i don't know if it was necessary like i feel like it makes the album feel a little sloppy 
With uh, Silver Surfer and the skits, what you're saying, I think that dynamic really comes down to the fact that the skits were part of the interior of the album, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They were born from a lot of the content that was there from the title of it, The College Dropout, where Mm -hmm. Silver Surfer Intermission was born from outside of the album. It was about the controversy using waves. Exactly. And it felt like really like petty. Exactly. Like when I heard that, I was like, I get why you put it on here, but I just feel like it's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely see that argument. Like he need, if he was, if he needed a, a track to divide the album at that point, um, there are things that could have been used that were maybe like connected better with the album itself. But I guess there's probably some argument that, would make on the that we could make about it transitions to an ex uh there's things to be said but <laughs> yeah the disjointed nature is something that comes up a lot mm-hmm. and i think it's something that we talk about on the show when we go over uh life of pablo tracks just in terms of probably getting at a lot of the the which one dynamic Mm-hmm. But then the question becomes like, okay, if there's intent, does that mean it's executed well enough if sure. people miss the intent but just still feel the disjointedness? Sure, sure. And like, I know where the disjointedness comes from. I mean, like, he pushed the album release back so many times. And like, I think I remember reading, like, he scrapped the entire album at one point. He wanted to change all the beats with like Rick Rubin or something like that. And um, like, the whole, like, production of the album was really disjointed too and like when he released it i don't know if he wanted to release it at that point but i felt like he felt an obligation to just finally release the album because like he kept making tweaks to it even though it was already on title <laughs> yeah it was like this so, living breathing thing which people were just yeah. talking the other day like i think he made more changes to it yeah i saw you tweet about that actually i mean i did i mean i think I listened to Ultralight Beams and Part 1 and Part 2 today, Father Stretch My Hands. Um, I didn't notice any differences in those, but I think people were saying some other songs had differences. Yeah, there was talk about like the vocals on Feedback being crisper and um, some other things with, I think, the middle portion of the album. Mm-hmm. But Team Kanye Daily had tweeted about it, and I think the conclusion was that it's just stuff that had been there, but sometimes people just don't recognize it for a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, or like a I mixed mean, wave of people hear it and they're like, is this new? And you're like, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> like he changed feedback from what it initially was though when he released the album, right? Yeah, there were changes there. There were changes to Father Stretch My Hands Part 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Like some huge and subtle changes to Wolves. Yeah, Wolves had some changes. And like, I remember I was like disappointed that he didn't release the original or like i don't know if it's the original but like the wolves with the features on it at first um then he did put the ones with the features on it so i mean the album was i mean like i like the album obviously um at first i liked it and then i liked it more like it grew on me as as i listened to it like individually i I like pretty much all or a majority of the songs but as a whole album it just doesn't feel very cohesive Mm. That's uh, one day we're gonna write a book on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, count me in, man. I'm down. It's uh, oh, that album. Um, well, so 
favorite Kanye moments, uh, typically a discussion point, but you talked about how last call is kind of your favorite Kanye moment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, have you gotten to see any of the, the concerts live? Have you, uh, have any favorite, like kind of uh, real world interview or, um, Kanye in the media moment? Um, so I had to use his tour tickets and then he canceled the tour, um, before he got to to my my tickets like where i had the tickets to and like he like i think he rescheduled where i was supposed to be at and then he canceled it a second time so i never got to go to that um that was the the, minneapolis show was it uh i think it was kansas maybe i I can't remember maybe missouri somewhere in the midwest i can't remember now where it was at i had the same thing happen yeah, so I was really salty about that at the time, but I got over it. <laughs> and I actually watched the Throne tour. Um, there was like, um, I was I was close to, I was like a three-hour drive from the United Center in Chicago. Um, and I was trying to get my friends to go. I was like, yo, let's go. The tickets were like $200 for like the balcony, though. No one wanted to pay that much. <laughs> um, I didn't want to drive myself either at the time, so I didn't end up going. One of my friends went. And I remember I was watching his videos. I was like, you fucking idiot. You should have went like by yourself. Like, who cares? Yeah. And that was like another kind of quote unquote turning point in my life for like, since then, I don't care now. Like, I just go to like, if I can't find somebody to go with to a concert, a movie or whatever, and I want to go, I just go. Hell yeah. Because like missing out on that was like, is one of my big regrets in life. Not going to watch the Throne Tour. Yeah. So I've actually never seen Kanye and every single tour I say I'm gonna go and then some bullshit ends up happening and I don't but next tour man that's the one <laughs> well I, I have my fingers crossed for you thanks uh, my favorite interview I really like the Zane Lowe interview I mean Kanye in general just a really good interview um, I miss his rants on Twitter because they're so funny um, and a lot of them are like interesting points that he brings up too um but yeah, man, my favorite moment besides listening to The Last Call for the first time. Damn, I don't know if I have just one single favorite moment. Maybe the first time he played Runaway. I think it was at the VMAs. The first time he played uh, uh, Love Lockdown. That was dope, too. Yeah. Uh, and there was like a lot of hype built up around it because it was like his first comeback since after that Taylor Swift thing. I think, right? Uh, or was it? Eight oh eight was before. It was before, right, right. So Runaway was like kind of that hyped up as that. So that was cool. Yeah, I remember the outfit he wore for eight oh eight, and then we all went to school. If you need to win oh, people back, uh, Runaway is the way to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, the song is a masterpiece. I love it. Yeah, it is. Um, also, you said your favorite album is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. What about uh, top five tracks? Okay, so I know Last Call and Gorgeous are my top two. In what order? I don't know. And I, I, I know a lot of people don't think Last Call is like his best song or like lyrically or production-wise or whatever, but it's my favorite song, so I'll just put it at number one or two. Mm-hmm. And then Gorgeous at either one or two. Um, damn, dude. It's so hard. <laughs> okay, I guess maybe I can give you my favorite songs off the albums yeah. off of the life of pablo i think ultra light beams is my favorite um off yeezus uh hold my liquor is my favorite on yeezus uh mbdtf is gorgeous 
Um, oh shit, man! I also really like Runaway a lot, so <laughs> gotta put that in there too. Eight oh eight. Maybe Streetlights is my favorite. Maybe Love Lockdown. Um, don't know for 808s. I like the whole album, cohesively speaking. <laughs> Graduation. Um, I really like Big Brother and Graduation. I don't know if that's my favorite song, man. These are just the ones that are coming, coming to mind when I think about the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I These are the songs I kind of listen to the most. Um, um, and kind of thinking back and looking back at it uh, is Late Registration the second album right? yeah Late Registration what's my favorite I really like Heard Him Say I really like Addiction uh, I really like Late and then College Dropout well, obviously, I, you guys know Last Call is my favorite <laughs> off of there. I have to pick one besides that. Um, Slow Jam is really good. It is uh, Spaceship is really good. Oh, I really like Two Words also. Yeah, Two Words was ahead of its time for College Dropout. Yeah, and it's so damn catchy, man. Like, the flow of it is just it's too good. Yeah, that track... Whew. Well, uh, do you have any any last call outro words for anybody listening? Um, I'm not sure what you're asking. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, as as we wrap up the podcast and uh, last call, last call being one of the favorite songs for you, getting to that kind of extended outro. Uh, mm. Any any final words about Kanye or final thoughts about Kanye? Oh, right, right, right. I, I was, like, wondering if you wanted me to quote some of it as, like, the outro for this. I was like, yeah. Do it now. I don't now. know if I can remember it, man. Quote it now. Um, <laughs> Prove yourself. Man, end of the day, dude. thing about Kanye is um, I appreciate how much it seems like he wants other people to succeed along with him, too. And he talks about that a lot. Um, and, like, he, and like specifically I know he's talking about a lot of music but I know in fashion too how he talks about he doesn't want to make his shoes so rare and hard to get he like wants everyone to be able to have them um, but he had to start having it like that so he can build up his name and like you can see like as it as it's gone on like it's been a little bit easier to get each of the each of the shoe purchases so man I just appreciate Kanye for looking out for other people um, and see I mean I know he's dealt with so much shit but he just keeps fighting keeps going and he just put out so much dope shit. I just appreciate him as a person, respect him as a person. And if you need a, and, and if anyone says Kanye is arrogant, show them Last Call, specifically the outro and the lyrics in the song too. And uh, that'll be your argument for why he's not or why he has to be like that. So let's defeat that myth once and for all. Kanye is not arrogant, 2018. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.